From head to toe, this insan, this human being is the slave of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has created us, Allah Ta'ala has sustained us and nurtured us and we are completely and totally in the control of Allah Ta'ala. He has blessed us with all these limbs, these faculties. And this entire existence of ours, this human existence, this alone if a person ponders on, this is the pathway to the recognition of Allah Ta'ala. The Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala, brings us to think about this. Within yourself, don't you see, don't you ponder and reflect that each thing is shouting out the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. How Allah Ta'ala created this insan. يَخْلُقُكُمْ فِي بُطُونِ أُمَّهَاتِكُمْ خَلْقًا مِنْ بَعْدِ خَلْقٍ فِي ظُلُمَاتٍ ثَلَاثٍ Allah Ta'ala created this insan that took him through the various stages in the womb of the mother in three layers of darkness. And in those three layers of darkness, Allah Ta'ala fashioned this insan, designed him. And a person wants to do something very delicate, let alone the ordinary lighting, then there's special lighting put on. And the brightest lights that can be provided are all put on. And even in the bright sunlight also, there's additional lighting required. The person is doing something very delicate, so he needs to have additional lighting. Allah Ta'ala created this insan. Allah Ta'ala is the creator of the light as well. Allah Ta'ala created this insan in a way that brings forth the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. Created him in a space of darkness. Allah Ta'ala provided all these limbs and faculties. All this is a na'mat of Allah Ta'ala, tremendously great na'mat. And the shukr for these na'mats, for these bounties, is that all this be used in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So how Allah Ta'ala wants us to use it, that's how we use it. The eyes, how Allah Ta'ala wants us to use it, we use it. How Allah Ta'ala wants us to use the ears, we use it. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has forbidden us from, we refrain from. So, in the Quran Sharif, there are several ayat which mention some of these specific organs of the body. And this highlights the importance of these organs. In one ayat Allah Ta'ala states that inna sam'a wal basara wal fu'ad kullu ulaika kana anhu mas'ula There are three things mentioned in this ayat. 
in the sum, the hearing of a person, his ears. And not just the ears itself, his ability to hear. Sometimes a person has the ears, but he can't hear, he's deaf. The very hearing. And then, al-basar, his sight. And the third thing Allah Ta'ala mentions is his heart. Now, the only three things mentioned in this ayat, the sight, the hearing, the sight, and the heart. Now, the heart is king. But the hearing and the sight are mentioned along the heart. One of the points that are derived from this is that these are the direct pathways to the heart. And that's quite clear, quite understood. Very, very straightforward. No elaboration required to understand that. A person learns by what? By listening. If the person cannot hear, then the only other way is by seeing. Generally, it's the person by listening and by looking. He hears things, somebody tells him how to say something, he hears it, so now he repeats it. Or somebody tells him something, how something is to be done, he listens to it, he understands it. Or he sees something, he sees how something is being done, sees what's happening, and he learns from it. So all this learning is impacting the heart. The good that he hears impacts on the heart. It puts the good in the heart. And the evil that he hears impacts on the heart. And this is something that science has now proven that even that child in the womb of the mother, that child also is perceiving. And what the mother hears, that impacts on that fetus that is within her. What the mother looks at, it's impacting on her heart, it's impacting on that fetus also. And this is why when the child is just born, barely minutes in dunya, but the teaching that we have been given by Rasulullah call out the azan and the takbir in the ears of the child, that right from that inception, so the child is perceiving, and what he's going to hear is going to impact on the heart. It's not something in the air. That is why the azan is called out to the child, because he's going to hear it. And the child is going to hear that azan in that very, very early moment of his life, barely a few minutes in the dunya, and that is already impacting on his heart, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Repeatedly, the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, and the shahadatain, ashadu an la ilaha illallah, ashadu anna muhammadur rasulullah, the importance of salah is already being embedded in the heart of that child. He has no idea what salah is, but that is impacting. Hayya ala salah, that this is where the success is, hayya ala al-falah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. Now that's impacting on the heart of the child. What he will hear is registering. As he grows, therefore in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Kullu mawludin yuladu ala al-fitra. Every child is born on fitrat, on a natural disposition. The natural disposition of every human being is that if he is left on that natural disposition, he will grow up recognizing Allah Ta'ala. That's the natural disposition of, an, of a human being. But for abawahu yuhawwidanihi, or yunassiranihi, or yumajisanihi. It's the parents now that then turn the child into a Yahudi, or turn him into a Christian, 
or turn him into a fire worshipper. Or, Alhamdulillah, if the parents are Muslim, now they turn the child towards Iman. But then how they conduct themselves, they'll turn the child towards sin. The child is now hearing things, he's looking at things. He's barely a few years old, less than a, one, two years old also. And now as a babysitter, he's being put in front of the shaitan box. So now what he's seeing is what's going to impact on him. Oh, now that device, the child is a little bit irritable, a little bit crabby. So now to entertain him, he's pushing some device in his hand. Whatever the harms of that technology are on the physical self, on the mental self, that's a separate issue. That is all being recorded and being highlighted that that device on a child has the same effect like cocaine. That continuous exposure to that device has the same this is now all the scientific things that will keep coming out. But our primary concern is the impact on the spiritual self of that child. All these things are also important. That harms, physical harms, mental harms, emotional harms. That's also impacting and that's also a problem, big problem. But the biggest problem is the harm that is coming to the spiritual side, or the spiritual self of that child. That now he's growing up already. Now he was being entertained by these all these kind of things. And Allah forbid, those so-called innocent cartoons are not innocent. To start off with, those cartoons are a problem, whatever it might be. But then nothing is innocent. It's all got an agenda. There's an agenda behind all these things. And the very people that are in this whole game, somebody from there would come out and make some statements. Years ago, somebody made a, some scientist, he studied all this, and he says the messages that come out of it. Some things like some cartoons. says the message that comes out from it. Some very popular cartoon. That to be rude is cute. That's the message. To be rude is cute. From the whole story, that's the sum total. That's what gets left in the heart of the child. That if I want to be cute, I must be rude. This is that mentality. One person wanted to become famous. Famous meaning, now everybody must talk about him. So now he couldn't get it done any other way. This was an actual incident that happened centuries ago. He now went and urinated in, he tried to urinate in the Zamzam well. Obviously this became a major, everybody is now talking about this. He got very happy about it, that everybody is talking about me. What he was punished was punished after that. But now the stupidity of it. So, the same mentality now is being built in that child. You want to be cute, you want to be accepted, you want to be gaining everybody's attention. Now the way to go about it is to be rude. So you have what they call nowadays an attitude. So now you'll be somebody. Everybody will look up to you now. You are the, you are the person. All this is coming out of that, what the child is watching, what the child is listening to. All this is impacting on the heart. So this is, in this one ayat, we get this message. Very, very clear message. That the hearing and the sight and the heart. Allah Ta'ala says, all this will be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah. But the heart and these two organs only mentioned here, the link. The sight and the hearing directly, imp- these are the super highways to the heart. Direct. No, nothing, no obstacles in the way. What a person sees, in an instant it's imprinted on his heart. 
what he's listening to, it's imprinted on his heart. And people, alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala's fazal, time comes and sometimes a person realizes that he slipped up somewhere, went into some issues. So the person makes sincere toba, he gives up all this evil and sins and vices and whatever else. But then the person, sometimes years have passed. Years have passed without getting involved in those vices again. The person says, I'm still struggling. That still comes to mind so strongly. That sometimes I'm going into sajda, but I can still hear that same thing blasting in my ears which I was listening to. And sometimes I can still see those same pictures in my mind which I was watching. Now this is the heart. The direct imprint on the heart. So one is the hearing and the sight. Then in another ayat Allah Ta'ala speaks about the tongue. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu wa qulu qawlan sadida. Now the hearing and the sight, this impacts on the heart. This brings things into the heart. And the tongue expresses what is in the heart. These are things that are filling the heart. And the tongue is dishing out. Now the person is watching, he's watching all kind of vulgarity. He's listening to all kind of vulgarity. Listening to all kinds of evil talk. All kinds of obscenities. So now when the time comes to dish out, the spoon is going to dish out what is in the pot. Now the heart is being filled with these things all the time. What is being looked at, what is being heard. So now the tongue, al-lisan on wanul insan. It's going to dish out, this is what expresses what's in the heart. Now, when all these things are there, then that's how a person speaks. That's how he expresses himself. Those are the choice of words that he uses. That's the manner of expression that he uses. And then this tongue is, instead of being used, it's abused. This is a very, very, like in this one ayat Allah Ta'ala mentions the hearing, the sight. In this ayat Allah Ta'ala mentions the tongue. The tongue is also an extremely sensitive organ, very sensitive. Sensitive in every way, physically also. Something the hand might touch it might not get burnt. But put it on the tongue, the tongue might get burnt. The hand might be able to tolerate it, but not the tongue. Very sensitive. And it, in that one moment, in that one second, split second, it can taste so many different tastes. It can tell you whether it is sweet or sour or bitter or whatever it is. A whole laboratory Allah Ta'ala has placed on this tongue. Sometimes, if something has to be tested externally, that is it sweet or is it, what is it? You'll have to go through so many processes before there's a result. Allah knows best how long they'll take also. So many processes and so much time required to bring a result of what is the position, what, what is this all about? And the tongue in one instant gives the whole result. The whole laboratory Allah Ta'ala placed in the tongue. If Allah Ta'ala is giving us this dawah, don't you ponder over yourself. Recognize Allah Ta'ala through yourself. Through pondering over yourself. What Allah Ta'ala has given us. What great ni'mat, what great bounties. 
these bounties are now to be used in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. To be used in the way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased. So among the very important things is how this tongue is used. And unfortunately that saying is very true. That saying is very true that a person slips more by his tongue than by his feet. Very often this happens. Person, Allah Ta'ala protects us from that too. But many a person walks for the whole year, he didn't slip one time. But he barely can walk a few minutes without slipping by, by his tongue. The whole year he didn't slip by his feet, Alhamdulillah. Allah Ta'ala keep it off yet. But we haven't walked sometimes for a few minutes also without slipping with our tongue. And as a result, we create difficulties for ourselves. We create difficulties for others. We make things miserable for ourselves. We make things miserable for others. Therefore, there's so much of emphasis on this tongue. If you look into the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, what importance they gave to the control of the tongue and to straightening this tongue in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhallatheena amanu attaqullah wa qulu qawlan sadida. We hear this ayat every time there's a nikah being performed. One of the ayat that are most known to be recited at the time of nikah is this ayat. That the manner of using the tongue is being highlighted. Because now in this nikah, this is going to become one of the biggest issues. That how is this tongue going to be used? That will contribute greatly towards the peace or it will contribute towards the entire turmoil that will come. So now at that khutbah of nikah already, this is highlighted. That listen now, you're going into a journey in life. Just as a person going in a long journey now is going to check his vehicle properly. If that flight is going to take off, there will be extensive checks before that gets the green light to now take off. Won't just be able to just now, just pilot comes in, sits in the seat and now take off. No, there's a numerous checks. Everything must be in order. Certain critical things must all be in place. Likewise, the person now is going on a long journey by his car. He's going to take it for a service and make sure certain critical things are all in order. He's going to check the ties up, he's going to check the brakes, check whatever else. So likewise, he's going on this journey of nikah. Lifelong journey. And this lifelong journey, one of the most important critical things in this whole journey is how this tongue is going to be used. Either this will keep things rolling smoothly, it can topple it. So now he's being reminded in that khutbah of nikah, Ya ayyuhalladheena amaru taqullah, O you who believe, fear Allah Ta'ala. First, this lesson of taqwa, because everything, including the use of the tongue, will happen correctly only if there's taqwa. To the extent of taqwa, that is what will control and govern the use of the tongue also. The taqwa will govern and control the use of the eyes, the ears, the heart, and it will control the tongue also. And the taqwa is missing, then the tongue is it's without any reins. Now it's a wild horse, and there's no reins, because it hasn't been trained yet. A wild horse, which hasn't been trained now, it's a wild horse, and there's no reins on it, and the rider is riding it. Where the rider is going to finish off? So now first, the reins of taqwa, then in time it will get trained. 
So first the reins of taqwa. And speak that which is straight. Which is straight, which leads straight to the path of Jannat. Which leads straight to the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Which is straight in terms of what is being said. It's true. It's correct. It's not something hurtful. It's not something that humiliates and degrades somebody. It's not somebody, something that's mocking and harming someone in some way. Something that's straight. Sometimes what is being said is correct, but is being said in a way that is totally incorrect. So the correct thing being said is one thing, mashallah, that's very good. But it's being said in a way that's totally incorrect. Sometimes something has to be corrected, something has to be addressed, has to be rectified. How does a person go about it? So now, there is that, well, I need to do something, so I just do it anyhow. I need to say something, I just blurt anything. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, he is the Amirul Mu'mineen, his awe is well known, what kind of awe Allah ta'ala had blessed him with. The disbelievers, the rulers of the disbelievers are sitting one month's journey away, and they hear his name and they are trembling. Yet, on one occasion, there was somebody who used to come often, and suddenly, after some time, Hazrat Umar noticed this person's absence. So he asked the people that, so and so, what happened to him? We don't see him. He hasn't been coming for a while. So, they say, don't even ask about him. Don't even ask about him. He's now gone to a certain place. He's staying there. And this person has fallen into drinking and so on. And as Umar Lami hears about it, now there's something to be corrected now. Something has to be sorted out. Something has to be addressed. So now how does a person go about it? So either it is that a, the objective is to vent anger. I must just vent whatever comes in. My anger must just be vented. So to vent the anger is very easy. They just blurt anything, say anything. Because then the objective is not to rectify the wrong. The objective is just to offload. So to offload is very easy. To offload, there's no, no effort required. But to correct the wrong, there's an effort. And it requires first to start off with dua. It requires thinking correctly. That now this is a situation, what is the correct way to go about it? How does one rectify it? And then to use the correct means and methods. The appropriate way. So Umar Lano asked somebody to bring a, some paper and then he writes a letter to this person. And he says, writes to him from Min Umar ibn al-Khattab ila fulan ibn fulan Inni ahmadullah ilayk ahmadullah ladhi la ilaha illahu First he recites or writes the khutbah, the tarif and the praises of Allah Ta'ala. And then he writes, غافر الزمد وقابل التوب شديد الإقاب ذي التول لا إله إلاه That's much. And then he signs it off and he gives it to some person. He says, make sure you give it to him personally. Don't give it via anybody else. You give it to him personally. And and sure you take it to him at a time when he's completely sober. Now there's a there's something to be seeking to achieve an objective. 
The objective is now this person's rectification. He must come back onto line. He's our brother. He has to come back onto the path of deen. Come back onto the road to Jannah. So one is to go about it in a, any haphazard way. Is that going to achieve the objective? So now there's all this thought going into it. That if that person at that time is not sober, we don't understand it. So now this is what happens often. That a person sometimes is intoxicated with something else. Sometimes a person is just intoxicated with anger. Anger too makes a person like, like he's now intoxicated. Now the person in that state of anger is trying to argue with him. He's already, his anger has hit the roof. Trying to explain to him. What he doesn't understand in that condition. And now we're trying to drive our point. Say, no, I'm going to have the last word here. So then our intention also has now, our intention has become to have the last word. If the intention was to truly make the person understand what is right, then for that moment we'll leave it. Because there's no point in talking now. Rather we'll just keep quiet about it. Let it cool off. And then look for the right way to take it forward. Because the objective is not just to offload. The objective is not just to just say something for the sake of saying it. The objective is to help the person to come to what is the correct thing. Umarulano is making all these arrangements and he's thinking all this out. That you take it, give it personally. Somebody else might take it, don't know how he might pass it on. He might do it in a very inappropriate way, lose the whole benefit and effect. You take it in a time that he is not sober, he's going to be wasted again. In any case, he sent him off. But as he sent him off, he gathered the other sahaba. And he said, all of us get together now and make dua for our brother. We all make dua for our brother. Now this is that sincerity with which it was sent. There is no offloading here. It wasn't just venting something. It was a sincere desire that our brother must come back onto the path of Allah Ta'ala. So now the dua is being made also. So if a person wants to correct somebody, he should start off with that dua. This letter didn't reach him yet. But the dua is already being made. He should start off with that dua. That dua will keep, inshallah, the nafs out of it. Because now this will connect him first to Allah Ta'ala. He is making dua so he's wishing well for the person. He's not doing it for the sake of scoring points. Just to now have his upper hand. So that dua, Umar makes dua. Guess others also join up, make dua. This person comes, he reaches the place, finds the person, and found him sober. So he gives him that letter. Now when he opens it, he reads it, and then he keeps repeating what's written there. So, the ayat of the Quran Sharif, those words, Ghafirizam, Waqabilit Tawb, Shadidil Iqab, Zittawl. And he keeps repeating it. And then he starts saying that, on the one hand, he's giving me hope also. That he's giving me these ayat, Ghafirizam. Allah Ta'ala is that being who forgives sins. Qabilit Tawb. He accepts the repentance of those who repent. But at the same time, he's warning me, don't carry on the way you are. Because Allah Ta'ala is Shadidul Iqab. Allah Ta'ala is the one who, whose punishment is also severe. Allah Ta'ala gives respite. But don't take advantage of it. Because that respite might run out. 
On the one hand, he's giving me the hope. But at the same time, he's warning me also, don't do this again. And saying this, he starts crying and repenting. And that was the last time he ever indulged in that sin again. He forever gave it up and made sincere toba. Now, all this was the correct manner in which something was done. It was done, the correct thing was done. It was done with the correct manner. And extremely important, it was done with the right heart. It was done with utmost sincerity. There was no ulterior motive in this. There was no point scoring involved here. It was done sincerely to bring somebody closer to Allah. So how a person does something, how he expresses it, what is his manner? In the time of Imam Abu Hanifa, one person, he used to make this kind of remark about Sayyidina Usman radiallahu ta'ala an na'uzubillah summa na'uzubillah that he was a Yahudi na'uzubillah now on the one hand this is not just something that's bad for a person that it's a sin it's even bringing him on the brink of Iman and Kufr because this statement don't know when will topple him now Imam Sahib wants to bring him back onto line now how does he Make the person understand his folly. So in any case, he one day, out of the blue, comes to him. His personality, everybody respects him, everybody is well known. So he comes to this person who was in this jahalat. Apparently he was a good person, but he got caught up in this jahalat and this ignorance and making this kind of remark, which is a very dangerous remark for one's iman. So he comes to him and he says that, I have somebody, there's a proposal I have brought along for your daughter. And he then starts giving some kind of profile. The person is, mashallah, is a very pious person and he's a learned person and this and that and a few things. So he says, well, if you're interested, then bring him along. That person said, but I even was, would have been ready if I had a proposal from somebody with half this, these qualities. You're talking about somebody with all these qualities. I'm more than ready to get my daughter married to him. Mamsaf says, but just this one more thing. That this person is a Yehudi. So he got very upset. He got very upset. He says, what do you think about me? You think I'm going to get my daughter married to a Yehudi? Mamsaf then said to him very calmly, that in your, according from your perspective, and according to your remarks, that it means that Na'uzubillah, Nabi Sallallahu got two of his daughters married to a Yahudi, Na'uzubillah. Obviously that's not the case, but according to your, what you are saying, then this is what it tantamounts to, and saying this much he walked away. That person was stunned, and he realized in that one line everything came to him, and his mind opened out, all those darknesses and clouds all disappeared, that he realized now that what was I saying? These were the daughters of Rasulullah First one daughter was married to Usman After she passed away, Nabi Islam gave his second daughter to him. Would Nabi Islam give his daughters to a Yahudi? Now in that one line, he cleared this person from such a major folly. But in such a way that it left no argument, it left no, no issue, and the person was completely now, he had no nothing to say, he had to accept. And he came online. And he made toba from his folly. But this was, that was that thinking, that understanding, 
how something is to be said. And this comes when a person has that heart. That heart has been corrected. That I need to do things for the betterment of people. I need to become a key to good. Like in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salaam says, Tuba. لِمَنْ جَعَلَهُ اللَّهُ مِفْتَاحًا لِلْخَيْرِ مِغْلَاقًا لِلْشَرِ Tuba is one meaning of Tuba is a great big huge tree in Jannat. In other words, this is a glad tiding of Jannat. For who? For the person who Allah Ta'ala has made a key to good and a lock on evil. He's a key to good. He's always doing something that will create some kind of positivity. Create some good. Create some unity. Create some kind of peace and happiness. And he becomes a lock on evil. What something could cause a problem, he becomes a lock on it. Prevent the problem. He does things in a way, says things in a way that creates that good and prevents that evil from taking place. So, the way that it was expressed, how the person expresses something, this has a major impact. And sometimes the major impact, it, if it's negative, it can have a major negative impact. Abu Bakr somebody one day sees him, he's holding onto his tongue and he's tugging it. That's a very ajeeb thing. Somebody is tugging onto his tongue. Person of that caliber says, yes, this is what caused me problems. What he's talking about problems, where we are compared to that. What problems he's talking about will be like real, really high level things for us, be great accolades for us. Just some minor, some things slipped up somewhere, very, very minor. But now he is chastising himself. How did I do this? Whereas it was probably nothing in reality. But that very minor slip up somewhere, he's chastising himself. How did I ever do this? And we go about it the whole day saying whatever we want, and nothing. Imam Bukhari, one is his most famous work, Bukhari Sharif. But then there are other books of hadith also that he has authored. One of that is Al-Adabul Mufrad. In there there's a narration. Now again, the tongue. One person was passing somewhere, Pious person, he passed by one Qabristan, one graveyard. And to his astonishment, he sees one grave opening up. The grave opened up and the person of the grave, the inmate of the grave came out. Came out, but his head is the head of a donkey. And then he brayed like a donkey and then he went back into the grave and the grave closed up. If somebody else had written this, it could have been a issue now that is this how authentic this is and what it is but this is the kitab of Imam Bukhari he is quoting this narration there so in any case this person got a shock so he saw this he witnessed it so he came in now he was a passerby so he came into the town and he inquired certain grave who the person so and so house what they what, what was this person's life all about what, so what's your problem why do you want to know all this so he gives the incident. This is what happened. He says, well, every day, this person too was involved in drinking, etc. And his mother used to reprimand him. Whenever his mother used to reprimand him, he is retort. So stop braying like a donkey. He is retort to his mother, stop braying like a donkey. Now this was the azab that's coming now. Now that statement of his, that statement in whichever condition it was, whether he was sober or drunk, Allah knows. 
But that effect and the impact of that statement, the impact of that word of his, that is having that impact. That is having that effect. That is the azab that's coming. So this tongue, as the famous saying goes, that jirahatu sinani lahal tayam, wala yaltamu ma jirahal lisan. And the other one, jirmuhu sagheer, or jirmuhu kabir. This tongue, the size of it, very small. But the crime it can commit is gigantic. Very big. That one word a person can cause, Allah knows best, how much problems. So now this is what this Islam is all about. MashaAllah, wazaif, tasbihat, tilawat, all this is very great. All this is excellent. We need to continue with all that. But a person, MashaAllah, made a whole tasbih, few tasbihat of wazaif and so on, and then walks out and he's using his tongue anyhow, it means that that objective of Islam hasn't been understood. Then it is just confined to some rituals only. Because then that too is not having its effect. It means that we have confined it to something that is just being done as a routine, just something carrying on. But it's not bringing any kind of effect because the intention is not there. To bring about the Islam. To bring about the rectification. And to put oneself through a process that now if I'm slipping again repeatedly in the same thing, it has to be something to put it back online. So now what is it? Let me find out. Let me inquire now. How do I go about this? What's to be done? This is where I'm falling all the time. So that's the process in which this then moves forward. And the person now, inshallah, all those issues that become stumbling blocks in a person's progress in deen, with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, those things get cleared out. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq and grant us the ability to use all these limbs and faculties in the obedience of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala and save us from ever misusing any of it.
Allah, 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 Allah,
Ilahul Alamin, save us in the entire Ummah from the Ittiba and from the following of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, keep us steadfast on Deen, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on Deen, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us on Iman, Ya Allah. Raise us on Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, save us from all the vices and evils, Ya Allah. Save us from all the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, only with your protection can we be saved, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, protect us like the little babies looked after, Ya Allah. Allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil walid. Allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil walid. Allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil walid. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you guide us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you guide us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you guide us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, fill our hearts with your muhammad, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Enable us to live his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamira, daima. Allah, remove every taste of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant us all cure from all our spiritual ailments, Ya Allah. Grant us cure from our physical ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, those on any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, remove all these bodies, the depression, the anxiety, the sorrow, the grief, Ya Allah. Allah, fill the hearts with contentment, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with itminan, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with sukoon, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, fill the hearts with the yearning for the akhirat, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with the yearning of Jannah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, our hearts are filled with dunya, Ya Allah. Our hearts are filled with yearning for the dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, remove the yearning of dunya from our hearts, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the yearning of akhirat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the yearning of deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the yearning for salah, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the yearning for tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the yearning for tahajjud, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the yearning for zikr, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the yearning for talking to you in dua, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you guide us and use us for your deen, Ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who have passed away, Ya Allah. From our families, from throughout the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You forgive them, Ya Allah. Fill their qabars with noor, Ya Allah. Make their, Ya Allah, covers gardens of Jannah for them, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages of Jannah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, at the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on iman e kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, protect all the places of deen, Ya Allah. Protect our masajid, Ya Allah. Protect the madaris, Ya Allah. Protect the makatib, Ya Allah. Protect the work of da'wat and tabliz, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, protect all the Allah, organizations of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make the schemes of the enemies turn against them, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, protect all the organizations of deen, Ya Allah. All the institutions of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, accept all the work of deen that is taking place, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua. Ya Allah, you don't know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's guy's needs from the ghayr, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one, Ya Allah, good, Ya Allah, whatever good one is desiring, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, fulfill it, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who ask us to make dua for them, they are desirous of making dua for them. Ya Allah, you grant them the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove all their hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله